back to McCartan after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. Man, it's been lively tonight. So lots of Yankees talk, a little bit of Mets talk. We can do more of that. Um, so far, the Giants as well. Giants making big moves, man. I just loved it. Whether they converted on that or not, I just loved it. We got Brian McKeon behind the glass taking your calls at 877-337-6666. Oh, now, although I had an opportunity to go to the Giants home opener tomorrow, which I just I couldn't swing. I would have loved to. I just couldn't. Um, I went to the Jets home opener last week as a guest of – it's a Twitter group. If you're a Jet fan, um, go ahead and get on Twitter uh, and type in Jets Lounge. Um, and I was a guest of the Twitter group, Jets Lounge. It's a fan group. And let me tell you, it was such an awesome experience. I mean, those seats on September 11th, the the, the end zone to end zone flag held by, you know, the first responders, the whole thing. It was just awesome. And, you know, they were in – the seats were in the hangar section of MetLife Stadium, which is, as I learned, you can, like, reach up and touch the scoreboard, you know, those corner scoreboards, one of them. And, I mean, it poured. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. It didn't matter, though. We had three levels of stadium-style style indoor seating. It was a huge suite, white couches, which I loved. We had our own bathrooms, even better. And for girls, that's a huge deal because lines are outrageous, always. Not here, though. We had our own bar with two bartenders. So, I mean, there were lines nowhere last Sunday, which I loved. And, you know, it was just so fun to watch the game among, I mean, really, so many diehard Jets fans. And these are the fans that participate in the Twitter spaces. You know, that's where I met all of them. And I finally met them in person. It's like weird. Years ago, if you ever met someone in the chat room, you were, you know, going to get murdered. But, you know, now you meet people on Twitter and it's not so bad. Or you dial a car to pick you up and bring you from point A to point B on your phone and, it's not so bad, right? It's still dangerous, but you know what I mean. Um, but it was just, I don't know. It was the only thing missing last week was a Jets win. And maybe for the offense to show up at all. But really, well done by the Jets Lounge. Thank you very much for the opportunity, for the experience. Um, and, I, and I can't wait for the next one. So whenever that may be. <laughs> um, I got I got a tweet. I'm going to wait till Brian gets off the phone. I'm going to, I got a tweet to read to him. All right. So before we do that, let's get to the phones at 877-337-6666. Fred in the Bronx wants to tell us something about the Yankees. Go ahead. Hi, friend. Nice talking to you. Uh, First time I talked to you. So um, I just started listening to this show uh, about two weeks. But what I want to talk about, friend, is what's the story Wait a minute. Fred, what are you calling me? Who are you calling me? I thought your name was Fran. I, I, it was Fran. No, I'm sorry. It's, I, it's Danielle, but go ahead. Oh, I'm sorry, Danielle. That's okay. my, I'm already hearing. It's okay. I'm 59 years old. It's all good. Sorry, Danielle. That's fine. Uh, okay, anyway, I want to talk about Stan. What is his problem? Why is his timing so off? I mean, it's all ridiculous. I mean, I, play, I, I didn't play baseball, but I used to play baseball. His timing is terrible. And here's the that I want to say. Uh-huh. If Stan doesn't hit... In the playoffs, we're not going far. Yeah. Well, he carried the team. Not, he carried the team last postseason. That's for sure. Yes. And, and so my opinion is, if he doesn't hit, we're not going far. Yeah. Because I called yesterday. I mentioned about Rivera. That's one of the key factors why we because our, our homes. I don't. I don't know. I just don't have confidence in him. I mean, it's going to straighten out. You can't straighten the guy out in two weeks. I don't know. So. Yeah. I just want to get your opinion on that. So. Yeah, Fred, the original question here, and thanks for that. The, the original question is, what, what's wrong with Stanton? And, um, well, here's the deal. He was out for a while with an injury, right? 
He was out for over a month. Hadn't picked up a bat in over a month. Comes back August 25th. And now I'm looking at the numbers between August 25th and the 16th. So not counting last night's game. Okay. He's hitting 150. 150 with two home runs since August 25th. I mean, that's almost, I'm going to round up like my mom always does. She rounds up. That's almost a month. Two home runs in almost a month. One double. One extra base hit. Well, I guess the home run would be. So, but one double, two home runs, and 19 strikeouts, and he's hitting 150. What could possibly be going on here? Um, You know, I think the excuse of him not being used to because you know when you're out, you're not you're not eating 95 mile an hour fastballs for breakfast every day, right? So, I, but that was the excuse early on, right? And I'm wondering, and and I did say it, I did believe that, but now I mean this is an extended extended 17 game slump, and it's concerning. And and I don't have the answer. Uh, I wish I did, but all I can do is point out really, I mean the numbers back up your claim, Fred, that the Yankees are. I mean, that, that John Carlos Stanton has not been good. And he hasn't been good since he's come back from injury. And I don't know an explanation for it. I just don't. I mean, the approach is wrong. Clearly, there's something going on. He's looking for something and getting something else. Um, mechanically, there's got to be something off. Maybe he's still feeling effects. Of, I'm not making excuses. I'm just trying to figure out why a, a guy that is you know, in the four-hole or the three-hole or the five-hole for the New York Yankees is batting 150 and he's still allowed to stay there. So, I, I I wish I had an answer for you, and I and I don't. Sorry. Uh, let's go to uh, Brian and Brick. You're up next. Go ahead. How you doing, Daniel? What's up, Brian? Uh, I was calling about the uh, the whole thing coming up with Saquon Barkley. Everyone's riding his 164 yard game. The the Giants cannot re-sign him. Love the guy. Does a great job when he's running downhill, mm-hmm. but he's going to be a huge. They have enough problems right now with the uh, salary cap. Mm-hmm. They're one of the worst teams in the NFL when it comes to the salary cap. Yep, because yeah. of what Gettleman did. Yep. So you're going to handcuff the rest of the fr- the team to sign a running back. Yep. When let's be honest. Most teams now in the NFL have guys who are drafted a third, the fifth, the seventh round, run a two platoon offense where they have, you know, their 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 ground guy and their receiving running back. It just seems like a waste of money. And then on top of that, you have Daniel Jones, who's still a question mark. Yep. And if he has a decent season, I'm assuming. They're going to franchise him. Yep. And they're going to have to fork over $43 million a year because teams like the Arizona Cardinals overpaid for Kyler Murray. Yeah. And and Deshaun Watson up uh, uh, in Cleveland. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot about him. Yeah. Yep. His, his contract is just ridiculous. That I, I cannot believe. I can't believe it still. That, 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 that was allowed. I can't believe I, that. I can't believe he was allowed to play in the NFL anymore. But that's um, a different. I agree, but different subject. Yep, I agree. Um, but yeah, but, I know. And, and and Brian, you make a great point, right? So the Giants are in salary cap hell. Everybody knows that they are under league average in the amount of dollars that they have left to spend. Why would they spend it on a running back? It's a great point. And 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 
Emmanuel said it. Let's see what he would command on, on the trade market. Unfortunately, right? Because he's just telling Steve Serby of, of the Post that, that he wants to be a, a giant for life. Like like yesterday, he just said it like, you know, 24 hours ago, less than, even less than. But the way the Giants are set up right now, it's just not, it's not a good situation. It was left to them. They're gonna. It's going to take the better part, I would say, three years to dig out of what Dave Gettleman did to that team, ran them into the ground. So, yeah, I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't know if Saquon Barkley finishes this season on the New York Giants. I just don't. Nick in Jersey, you're up on the fan. Hey, what's up? How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Um, I just wanted to call in because um, everybody was talking about, Giants fans talking about how, like, we're all saying we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. And I don't know a single <laughs> Giants fan in – my life that thinks we're going to win the Super Bowl this year. Like, this is a project. This is like a three- to four-year project while we yep. have Andrew Thomas and Evan Neal and Kayvon Thibodeau on rookie contracts. Mm-hmm. Saquon Barkley does not matter as far as this goes. Daniel Jones, if he can prove himself by the end of the year, he might be a part of it. But, like, that's it's a project. I'm happy that we beat the Titans. That's awesome. That's, like, exciting, yep. you know? But like, yeah, maybe maybe the Giants are a nine and eight team this year. Mm-hmm. That would be really cool. But like, by no means do Giants fans think that we're a Super Bowl team this year. Well, the guy at the gas station tonight did. <laughs> oh, you ran into people that were saying that. Oh yeah, that's what we were talking about. Yeah, I had a Giants hat on on the way into the studio, and the guy at the gas station said, "Giants, they're gonna win the Super Bowl." <laughs> All I did was kind of like laugh and nod because. I didn't want to get into it with him, but no, it's nine and a nine and eight season for the New York Giants would be exceeding expectations. It would be that would be the ideal. Maybe they back into a playoff spot, but they're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not winning the NFC. But with the injury to no. Dak Prescott, I'm curious to see how they finish in the NFC East now. Yeah, that's a mess. It's a mess. I, I, it's a wide open division. It really is, and has been historically for the past couple years. That I'd be interested to see. They're not close to the Eagles. Like they're not they're not playing the same sport as the Eagles. They are. No, the Eagles are the Eagles are scary right now. But I feel like Hertz is gonna be another McNabb. Like I don't really see anything special in him, but he's gonna be good. But I don't think he's good enough. Yeah. Way more than what Daniel Jones is. Mm, that I disagree. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know. I, I think Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones in the right system. Impressive. Yeah, Daniel Jones and Nick, thanks for the call. Daniel Jones in the right system, under the right mindset, put in the right position to succeed. I mean, he was under duress for 69% of the dropbacks last week, and he still made it happen. He still did. He still did made he it make work. it happen? He still had the same problems he's always had in his entire career. He had turnovers, didn't throw for a lot of yards. Really wasn't. Everyone saw about the performance Barkley but had. For, but it didn't call for it. Like Jimmy Garoppolo took the, the 49ers how far, and they, and they ran the ball almost every single play. That's not what the recipe called for in that. Jimmy Garoppolo turned the ball over like Daniel Jones turns the ball over. Mm. We're going. We're in year four, and he's still turning the ball over like he is. Mm. I mean, the interception he threw last week when they were down in the red zone—that that's that's a bonehead play that fourth-year quarterbacks don't make. Well, he hasn't had the correct coaching until this year. To uh, we, just we're that all, out. Well, no, but we're all talking about Brian Dables, the, the next uh, Vince Lombardi. So, no one said that, though, Brian. But, but we are. We're no. all praising on, Brian. Brian Dayball like he's Come this on, amazing coach. And he made right, the let most... me go back to the calls here, Brian. Paul in Floral Park, you're up next here on The Fan. 
What's up, Paul? Yeah, yeah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? All right. I mean, could, could be better I mean, for us Yankee fans. I mean, Jesus, Lord have mercy. I know. I mean, I, 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 don't, I don't know which way to, to, to react to it. Should I cry? Should I, should I scream? <laughs> you know what? I, I don't know, man. It's, 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 you know, they're the second, if the season ended today, they, they have locked up the second seed in the AL, yeah. and it doesn't yeah. feel like it. The Yankees are about no, to run away no. with the AL East, and it doesn't feel like it. Right, exactly. It's exactly. a weird feeling. You the words right out of my mouth. With everything that you were saying, as I would say, tweeting you tonight. Yeah, you took everything out of my mouth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly, exactly. You read into it. But, um, yeah, I mean, how stunned, brother. Why can't he just equalize the one his father was? Mm. I mean, come on. Ah, God. I don't know, man. Yeah. I mean, uh, Brian Cashman, he, he's, yeah. He's driving us crazy. Uh, yeah. I know. <laughs> I mean, I know. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I'm trying to hold up. I, I just keep rooting for them. But, but come on. Yeah. But the, the, the Giants, I like tomorrow. That's, uh, that's good. Uh, I took Cincinnati in the knockout pool this week. They're playing Dallas tomorrow. So, the CBS. Uh, Dallas. To, uh, that's good. Pool. Who'd you have last yeah. week, Paul? I'm curious because I lost uh, on the 49ers. Uh, uh, I hate them. That's right. I forgot to tell you. I had uh, Philadelphia last week. Mm. Of course, they won. Uh, yeah, they just barely squeezed that one out with mm-hmm. the terrible uh, Detroit Lions. <laughs> right, exactly. Exactly. So yeah. you tell me the Giants can't beat the Eagles? Come on. Yeah, I mean, so they can beat this team. Uh, t- um, uh, the Giants are playing uh, Carolina. So, yeah, yes. Yeah. They'll, uh, they'll, uh, they'll take them. I, I mean, who the hell is Carolina? Yeah. Right? <laughs> well, with Baker Mayfield, you know, Robbie Anderson yeah. over the top. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You never know. I mean, we saw a lot of crazy games last week, so so expected to see you again tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> I'll be watching with the Sweeney's, uh, my, uh, <laughs> my sister and her husband, and, uh, yeah, yeah. a little part. And uh, Grace, uh, does, she doesn't care about football, neither does my sister. <laughs> ah, that's all right. That's all right. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Paul. Enjoy um, the oh, games tomorrow. All right. Take care. Yes, all right, Danielle. Nice talking right. to you. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. The best part, well, I shouldn't say the best. What I don't like about tomorrow's games is that they're both at 1 p.m. You got the Jets at 1 and the Giants at 1. Oh, and I mean, luckily, that there was that one day that I accidentally sat on the remote. I plopped down on the couch and accidentally sat on it. You know, I didn't see it underneath the pillow or whatever. And all of a sudden, I figured out picture in picture. And I was like, oh, my God, this is the best mistake I ever made in my life. And now I can watch both of them on picture in picture tomorrow. Jets, Giants. Both at the same time. As the Jets look to avoid an 0-2 start for their fourth consecutive season. Same old Jets, Robert Sala. You you want to tell me all the time that it's not the same old Jets? You have a different group there? Tell me, tell me, tell me. You got to show me. You got to show me. Because as of right now, I was at that game. There was a, a malaise on that team in that offense. It was awful. It was people were streaming out at halftime. Eh, I don't even want to get into it, but you know, you're taking receipts. Go ahead, take this one. Go ahead, take mine. Mike in Florida, you're up next here on the fan. Danielle, how are you doing tonight? What's up, Mike? How are you? I'm good. I'm not too bad. Listen, I can tell you exactly how the playoffs are going to go for the Yankees. Okay. 
Gary Cole is going to pitch game one. He's going to give up three home runs in five innings. And I'm a diehard Yankee fan. Don't misunderstand me. Okay. He's going to give up three home runs in, in five innings. <clears throat> and they're going to lose. And they're going to be in a hole. And then Nestor Cortez is going to pitch game two. And he's going to keep them in the game. Mm-hmm. And Mike Stanton, I, I, I still call him Mike. Yeah, Mike. Giancarlo, yeah. Yeah, Mike Stanton's going to gonna strike out three times with men on base. This this team just ain't built for it. And and the problem is that Brian Cashman is stale. Mm, stale. Stale. That's a pretty good adjective. Stale. Hey, listen, man. He's holding on to this job like a pope. Yep. Or a Supreme Court justice. Exactly. Yeah. And it's time to shake. It's time to shake it up. I, I don't look. I'm 49 years old. I remember watching the '78 Yankees. That's the first memory I have of baseball. But enough's enough. It's like he 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 has married into this this long ball, this home run narrative for the past couple years. It hasn't worked for him. He can't find pitching. I mean, really, he just can't. Okay. He can't find a pitcher. To save his life, really. But for some nope. reason, somehow, he still... And, and, Mike, can you imagine if 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 Aaron Judge plays elsewhere next season? Do you think Brian Cashman still has a job or no? I'd fire him on the spot. I, 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 I'm, they need an infusion of new blood. It's just, it's like I said, stale. It's just, it's 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 gotten to the point where some, something's got to get shook up. Something's got to get shook up. It's 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 just no good anymore. It's, yep. Yeah. It, it, it's it's bad. You know, Mike. You know what they need? And thanks for the call, there, Mike. You know what the Yankees need? They need more guys like an Andrew Benintendi, like a DJ LeMahieu type, the Andrew Benintendi type that are just gonna put the ball in play and hit situationally. That's why I believe, and 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 depends on the teams around it. But but in a perfect world. The Mets are a better-built team for the postseason. They've got DeGrom, Scherzer, Bassett as their top three starters, which I wouldn't want to face any of them. And they've got guys that can hit for power, steal bases. I mean, the Yankees don't really have that. They have guys that can hit the ball far when they hit it. And then the bottom of the order is a a black hole. I mean, take your pick. Hicks, Higashioka. Peraza, come on. So, anyway, uh, let's do this. Uh, one twenty-two. Let's do. Uh, I got my New York Giants pick. Everybody's talking about the Giants tonight, which is great. I'm wearing a Giants cap, all nice. Um, Daniel McCartan, I will give you my New York Giants, Carolina Panthers pick for tomorrow, the eighteenth. Uh, oh yeah, Sunday, the eighteenth of uh, of twenty twenty-two in the second week of the NFL season. Stay hang tight, eight seven seven three three seven sixty-six sixty-six if you want to give me your thoughts as well. Welcome back to McCartan After Midnight here on the fan in New York City. My name is Danielle McCartan. I'm with you till two AM. Mike Fliegeman comes your way. Brian McKeon on the other side of the glass. Um question for you. Uh, let's see. I wanted to play a guessing game here, but I think I might just give you the information. 
passing leaders from last week in terms of passer rating. Leading the league, Patrick Mahomes. Okay. Justin Herbert, number two. Geno Smith, number three. Kirk Cousins, number four. Number five, Jordan Love. And guess who? This is passer rating. Guess who was number six in the league last last week? Oh, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones was sixth in the league in week one in passer rating, 115.9 in case you were wondering. And Josh Allen followed him, was behind him with 112. Mm. And Jets fans, in case you're curious, Joe Flacco, 26th in the league, passer rating of a 74.8. But before I get into my pick for the Giants-Panthers game, I must say, and I welcome your calls at 877-337-6666, I must say that besides the going for two, whether they converted or not decision, I just loved what I saw from Saquon Barkley. I mean, he looked like Saquon Barkley of old. 9.1 yards of carry, a touchdown, the aforementioned two-point conversion, plus 30 yards on seven targets receiving. And, of course, obviously with the impending free agency next year looming, I mean, that's obviously a motivating factor to have a good year for anybody. Look at Aaron Judge. And I I mentioned it before, but here's the quote. Saquon Barkley uh, told Steve Serby of The Post, he said, quote, that's Kind of the saying that's been in New York and the New York Giants since 1925. Once a giant, always a giant. I know Eli put a little different word into it, but for me personally, I will always love to be a giant for the rest of my career. Well, I don't think that's going to happen. Well, maybe. Who knows? Crazy things have happened, but I don't think it would be advantageous or, um, I want to use the word smart, uh, but cost-effective in the grand scheme of things, it wouldn't be that for the for, for the Giants moving forward. But, you know, right before the season started, Daniel Jones said, he said, I think Saquon's looking good. I think you see his explosiveness, his ability to make plays in the run game, in the pass game, and it is fun to see him back practicing and playing like you're used to seeing. And then Saquon comes out in week one and does that. Against the Titans defense, whose strength is defending against the run. That We talked about that last Saturday, this time last Saturday night. Oh, and to the Daniel Jones haters, the stat line speaks for itself. 188 yards, two touchdowns, one interception. And, and I just mentioned that the 115.9 rating was good for sixth in the league last week. Oh, yeah. And a W to go along with it. And as I've been mentioning throughout the show, he did it under duress. 69% of his dropbacks he was pressured on. He was sacked five times, and he was hit eight more. And if I go here, I bet you it's... Uh, let me see. Sacks. Yeah. Burrow and Stafford both sacked seven times. Carr and Jones sacked five. Obviously, he was under duress. And he was ranked higher in terms of tor- quarterback rating than any of those three guys in front of him in sacks. Or, or Burrow, Stafford, or Carr. And I think he's going to have a, uh, and there's no easy time in the NFL, but an easier, air quotes there, time against his Panthers defense who really did nothing against Jacoby Brissett last week. So here's how I, how I would imagine this game or, or hope this game plays out. The Giants need to start fast, get out to a big lead, because Baker Mayfield started so slow last week. If you win the coin toss, you better receive it. And then from there, score in that opening drive and keep the feet on the throats of the Panthers. And this game is going to be the Giants. And don't forget that quote from Baker Mayfield and GQ 
2019, he said, I cannot believe the Giants took Daniel Jones. It blows my mind. Some people overthink it. That's where people go wrong. They forget you've got to win. Well, guess what? I've got Giants winning, winning, beating the Carolina Panthers. I got the Giants 20, Panthers 17. And by the way, I checked late Saturday afternoon. I don't know if it moved since then. The Giants are one and a half point favorites. When was the last time I talked to you when the Giants were favored to win a game? I I can't remember off the top of my head. So I've got the Giants beating the Panthers with a final score of 20 to 17. And I'm going to tweet this because I do not hide. I saw on SNY today they were talking about deleting tweets. I never delete tweets. Uh, on, unless, you know, it's a typo or something, and I don't think there's an edit button there yet, but I don't delete tweets. Giants 20, Panthers 17. Go ahead, I just sent it out just now. Go ahead and read it. Read it and weep, my dad would say. All right, so the phones we go at 877-337-6666 in the order that you called, Roxbury, New Jersey. Wilson, you're up next on The Fan. Hey, Daniel, how are you doing? Great, how are you? Hey, I'm, I'm okay. Hey, listen, I, I've been a Giants fan for over 40 years, and... um if we, if the Giants win against the Panthers, after the hell that we went through with that bum, Joe Judge, I don't know if it's a pipe dream or not, but we, we deserve to dream a little and to actually think about the players. As, as, you know, Giants fans deserve that because we, it's been hell for, for almost five years, but the last two years, was it was like a nightmare, you know. So, um so, you know, if uh, Giants fans call, if, if they win and Giants fans call next week, hey, listen, we're going to the playoffs, you know, some people might not believe it, but, hey, like I said, at least for a week, we, we deserve to uh, to dream a little. What do you think? Yeah, it's being a fan, Wilson. That, that's, that's being a fan. You're allowed to dream. Right. And you know what? Exactly. The Giants are in, we can say it, right, the worst division in football. It's wide open. Right. I, in my of opinion, course. that division is wide open. And, and and as evidenced by the Philadelphia Eagles just squeaking one out against the Detroit Lions, who have been worse than the Giants, if possible, over the past X amount of years. Yeah, and Jalen Hurts, you know, for all the acclimates that he's getting, uh, you know, if you make him play quarterback, if you make yes. him play quarterback, I want to see him actually have to make throw after throw. And then if he does it, then I'll shut up. But mm-hmm. until then, I mean, you can only go so far running, running, running. Eventually, it's going to, you know, it, catch, it catches up with you. Mm-hmm. And, uh, hey, listen, real quick on Robert Sala. Yeah. If I can give him a word of advice, it will be this. That, that persona that he wants to portray wears very thin very quickly yes. in, in this area yes. if you don't win. So he has to watch out, you know, because he's basically, you know, he's got very thin ice, you know. Uh, you can't be talking about receipts and, and, and the fans because it can get ugly quickly. Yes, I agree with you. And I would just, you know Thank what, you if I go. were him, and Wilson, that's a great point because we don't have a tolerance really for that in this area. It might work elsewhere. But to come out there, you know, take receipts, this and that, no one needs to hear that. People, like, laugh at that. Like, I, I know, apparently the players loved it. But, you know, the players that spoke up loved it. They're not going to get a player that says, oh, I hated that. I hate how my coach said that. But I, I, don't, I don't love it. I also 
might have been the only person in this entire city that did not believe, you know, buy into 100% the all gas, no brakes mentality. Because I remember I went home and I thought about that. And I was like, huh, you know what I thought of? And you know what I presented to my listening audience? Well, you know what? What, what are things that are designed to go fast? NASCARs, right? Guess what? Even NASCARs have brakes. Coach is what I said when he said that. That was my first show after that. So these cliches, they're great. You know, great cliches and this and that. Your offense was was brutal, brutally stagnant. Uh, you, you got a, a, a young cornerback who got burnt to the to the crisp of, of, of a perfect passer rating against him. Whitehead thrown his way. I mean, there's so many things. So many things. Zerline misses a kick. I mean, I mean, I know that's not on the coach, but just win games. Just stop with that. And I listened live. I was listening live to the other station, that other show. I was listening to it live, and I, I kind of shook my head at my Alexa. And I was like, Alexa, oh, man, that wasn't good. That wasn't great. That wasn't a great thing to say. Take your receipts. Good. Keep your receipts. Just put some wins on the board. That's all Jet fans are asking for. No one likes the lip service, buddy. And you're right, Wilson. It doesn't play well here in New York. Okay, in the order that you called, Dave and Rockland, you're up on the fan. Hello? Hello, how are you hearing me? Not great, Dave. Okay, hang on one second. One second, let me just switch it back. Yes, much better. That's, yeah, yes. All right, so as I love your show, I love the passion. Thank you. And um, I just want to know what you can tell me. What do you think the situation of the Metropolitans, my baby, mm-hmm. and uh, how much do you think it really matters if they win the division? I mean, like the other route that they're going to have to go if it's just a wild card. Because, like, I'm believing and hoping, and I love them, that they're going to win the division. But these Braves, I don't know what the heck. They don't lose. They just and they <laughs> lose. They only lose when we lose. <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. Yes. Um, what do I think? Um, I mean, I'm looking at the Mets. They've got a one-game lead on, on the Atlanta Braves. It's just one. And they're on a collision course. They've got you – know, you know what, Dave? They have a series upcoming against the Braves. Whoever wins that series is winning the East. And let me tell you something. The path to the World Series, and I think uh, Keith Hernandez said it too, the path to the World Series, if the Mets want to get it there, get there, they need to win their division. Because if you look at right now, they've got, you know, as it, if, we were to, if we were to stay the way it is right now with the Mets winning the division, they've got either a date with the, they've got a first round bye, and they've got a date with the Padres, or the Cardinals, the six seed or the three seed. Pretty favorable matchup based on seedings, right? If they right. don't win the division, well, then they're bumped to I, probably what would be the fourth seed. And then they've got a date first with the Phillies, probably. Then, because I'm just flip-flopping the Mets and the Braves, right? So first round, they'd have to beat the Phillies. Then they'd have to beat the Dodgers and, and right there in that round, which is fine and all, right, Dave? Because I think the Mets can beat the Dodgers. However, the problem is that they've set up their rotation for that that wild card round 
where you're having DeGrom throw on day one, Scherzer day two, Bassett day three, you're really going to roll into game one of the NLDS with Taiwan Walker and or you know, Carlos Carrasco as your game one starter? That's going to be the biggest issue for the Mets moving forward. And that is why they need to win the division. They need to play those three games later in the month against the, against the Braves as if it is the first round of the postseason. They have to. They have to win those three games and keep continue to win. Yeah, 100%. Uh, it definitely changes everything if they if they win the division. And uh, I think with this pitching, and then and even like Walker looked great the other day, Bassett looked great tonight. Mm-hmm. Like, and, and I think Peterson to the bullpen is a good move. Yep. Uh, and, uh, and and what do you think about, do you think like, uh, basically I was always screaming for, to bring up Alvarez because I felt like there was nothing doing from catcher. But like the last two weeks, I guess McCann and Nito have, have delivered a little bit. Like, do you think they should hold Alvarez back or bring him up? Mm, at this point in the season, for a catcher to come on up, it, it's for me, it's too late. You know, it's just, it's not only acclimating to, to major league pitching, it's also acclimating to your pitching staff um, on September 18th. If they were going to do it, they should have did it sooner. Sorry. Yeah, I, it's just too late for me for that. I thought they should have. I thought they really needed the spark. I guess they tried it with this new kid, uh, his name uh, Vientos, I guess, hasn't happened yet, but uh, mm-hmm. they're keeping it. They're keeping it together, with, you know. And the truth is, as much as you loved it when they had a ten-game lead, there is something sort of exciting and nail-biting about watching it go, you know, up a half a game, one game, two games. So definitely keeping keeping everybody interested. Of course, yeah, and 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 maybe Vogelback's going to get his sexy back, you know, that Justin Timberlake song, but he hasn't done much over the past month, and that killed him. I and mean, Darren Ruff is just a waste. So, I mean, you're not getting – the problem is you're not getting anything out of the DH spot. So, if you're bringing up Alvarez just to be a DH, I'd be into it. But to catch, no way. Not a chance. Yeah. I know with Vogelback, I think, like, you know, I went to a few games, and he's like a bit of a cult hero when he's hitting. Hmm. But then sometimes he just doesn't look like a major league player, like hitting into double play so easily. And, and I'm, not, I'm not getting on – you know, I like to – I don't care about if he's a bit stocky, you know, if you, you know, you crush sure. him. I mean, yeah. remember Bartolo Colon, like we oh, loved yeah. him. Oh, yeah. So, but I don't know. Like, yeah, Ross is a bust. Uh, Naquin, I don't think there's a lot doing there. I mean, I do think that it was a surprise. Everybody said it that, <laughs> that they didn't really trade and do a little bit more at the at the deadline, yeah. especially with, you know, the you know, yep. new management where they are. Yep. And, and honestly, quite honestly, if we're really being really honest, Every move they made at the deadline was not great. I mean, you're looking at J.D. Davis. He could be your D.H. now. And I wanted J.D. Davis traded, like, the most of them. But what you got back, you're looking at Daniel Vogelback as a D.H. and Darren Ruff. Your team is, I think, in that particular spot, worse off than than before the deadline. I think. I think the Mets did a poor job at the deadline. I really do. Yeah, which is surprising because they were just so... Right. They were so dominant in the offseason, right? And then the trade deadline was like... Ah, yuck! But one good thing I felt sleeve is I think I think Mata is when he comes back he's he's a real uh, fire and, and some of them have been like quiet lately. Nimmo, McNeil, whatever you know they're, they're yeah, gonna McNeil's turn around. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Yeah, and Dave, that's a that's a thing. And thanks for the call. Um, that's a thing. Marte is such a big cog in this whole machine of the Mets, and he had discomfort on Thursday when he was throwing pain, not discomfort, pain. He said, and. They're just going to have to wait and see. He thinks he can make it back before the end of the season. We'll see. I don't know. But without Marte, I don't know how far the Mets are going to go. All right. As uh, 
We we careen into the final segment here, Jerry, in upstate New York. I see you. Uh, I do have to go to break. Um, so I'll come back to you right after I make my Jets prediction. I'm Danielle McCartan with you till 2 here on The Fan. Welcome back to McCartan before, oh, after midnight here on The Fan in New York City. I'm Danielle McCartan with you for another, I don't know, 15 minutes or so. Taking you till 2 when Mike Fliegelman will come your way at that point in time. And bringing you all the way through 6 a.m. on this football Sunday, week two. Got the Giants. I think the Giants are going to beat the Panthers with a final score of 20 to 17. And if I'm, you know, if I'm looking at watching the Jet game today, I'm going to have them both on. But if I'm watching the Jet game today, you know, <clears throat> everything was right about my trip out to MetLife Stadium to watch the Jets' home opener. The rain, who cares? I was guest of the Jets Lounge. We were inside. Um, they're a Twitter group for if you're looking for a community, Jet fans, the Jets Lounge, find them. Um, so the thing is, can the Jets drive into Cleveland? Right past the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, right there on the water. Into First Energy Stadium. And can they hand the Browns an L in Week 2? Okay, and they're taking your calls here too at 877-337-6666 on this football Sunday well, one, the Browns offense. They were second in the league so far last year. I mean, last week. I mean, I know it's been one week. But they had the second most rushing yards per game, which does match up well against what the Jets did against the Ravens, only allowing three yards per carry, the Jets' defense. That's good. Browns offense was also 31st in the league in passing, which means it's going to be a ground-and-pound kind of game plan for Cleveland. And it ultimately boils down to, can the Jets handle Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt? I actually think that they can. Then the Browns' game plan should be this. Throw the ball to whoever Jordan Whitehead is covering. I mentioned it before. The guy looked lost out there last week in week one. The stats showed it. Whitehead, when targeted for the Jets, he allowed a 158.3 rating. That's literally perfect for the other team. Perfect quarterback rating. Then the Browns' defense... Second in the league in rushing defense after after week one. So don't expect much from the Jets' backs. And 13th in passing. So they're, they're pretty all right at that, too. So don't expect much for Joe Flacco, who could be under duress again this week. He was sacked three times last week, hit 11 more times. And Robert Salas said, well, when you look back at the Ravens game, when he had a clean pocket, he was very, very efficient. Well, coach, herein lies the problem. And then... He said there's a comedy of errors that led to what looked like a bad performance by Flacco. Now, it wasn't the best performance, but it wasn't as bad as people think it was. Which is true. I mean, Michael Carter could have walked right into the end zone, but he just literally dropped the ball. So I do see that. And then there's the fact that they played the Panthers last week. And, you know, the Browns won on the last second field goal. So could that give the Jets hope? No. The last I checked, late Saturday afternoon on FanDuel, the, the Jets were six and a half point underdogs, which was actually quite in line with my score prediction. I'm going um, New York Jets. Uh, let's go it this way. Cleveland Browns, 24. New York Jets, 17. Browns, 24. Jets, 17, unfortunately. And I hope I'm wrong. I, I love being wrong in these situations. I really do. I hope I'm wrong. But here's what I got. I'm going to tweet this out now so you can see it. There's proof. There's receipts. There's your receipt, Robert Sala. Browns 24, Jets 17. Take that receipt. Make me eat my words. I will be happy to. And, I, 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 you know, I don't care. I don't care what, what, what you have to say. 
Just go out there and win games. Look competitive because last week the, you did not. I mean, lifeless Sunday at the stadium yet again. I mean, fans were leaving at halftime yet again. And tell, show me, don't tell me, show me how it's different from last year because I was there too and it was the same old. Don't tell me. Show me, please. 877-337-6666. There you are. Jerry in Upstate. Thanks for hanging in there. First of all, thank you. And I just want to tell you, Daniel, you do a great job, honestly. Um, I'm not going to try to go all over the map. I'm a diehard Giant fan. Okay. And it's just real nice to see some excitement. Listen, we know where we're going to be. It's not like we're going to be great. We're not doing any of that stuff. But it's nice to see a guy go for two points that we would have never done last year or the year before, never have done. Right. You know, and and then the other thing is this guy, Robert Salas, this jet coach, you know, for him to talk about cash and tickets, has he seen what a ticket costs to go watch that? Yeah, that's a great point. It's unbelievable. They have a diet soda for $9. Yep. He should look at the tickets that we pay for to go down there to watch the garbage on the field. You know, honestly, and I mean that. And that's coming from a giant fan, so I probably shouldn't say that. Nope, you're right. You're you're not wrong. (laughs) And listen, the other thing, the reason why I called in, because I think the guy that's on the board said something about the Philadelphia uh, Eagles. Yes. Listen, did they, did, they, did they fit Jalen Hurts for a yellow jacket for the Hall of Fame yet? I didn't see them do that. I must have missed that, so, too. I must have missed it, you know. So when they talk about, oh, better than us and everything, well, it goes on the field. And that's the reason why I called in. And also to tell you, they did a great job. And one last thing. Yeah. The Jets. Have no shot tomorrow. None. I don't Zero. So. Yeah, I don't think so either. And I know the players. Right. I mean, it amped the players up to hear him say all that. It did. I saw that. I saw the quotes from the players. But, yeah, yeah it's just, you know, it's just. Listen, Flacco, his best days are behind him. I give him a lot of credit for being on the field. They don't have much else. Yep. And, uh, again, that's coming from a Giant fan. And I'm just hoping that Daniel does a great job tomorrow. We'll see. Listen, he's got a lot to prove, too. Let's be honest. Definitely. Yeah, Jerry, and, and, and thanks for the call there. It's a good call. Um, and I was just hoping last week that, that Garrett Wilson was going to make a touchdown catch because I had a, 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 a what did I put, $5 on an anytime touchdown catch, Garrett Wilson. They had a chance right at the end. Twice. They had a chance. I had a chance. Of course, no dice. The Jets have a plus 20. Two, the New York Jets money line is at plus 220. Yeah, I'm still not touching that. <laughs> I got a tweet from, where did it go? This is a good one. Um, Robert's got the Giants winning 27-17, uh, but that's not what I was looking for. Uh, Rick Brody, he said, getting back to the Mets, he said, the trade deadline was an indication of Epler's ineptitude. Easy to throw $130 million at Max and other free agents. Much tougher to upgrade when you can't just write a check. Rick, I agree with you. Um, I'm just going to write, I agree. Talking about this now, mentioned your tweet at Coach MCCARTAN if you can't get through on a phone. Uh, but that, that that's, I mean, what did the Mets do at the deadline? Rough? Vogelback? I mean, what else? I mean, what else? The right guy out there was D- David Robertson. They didn't do it. The right guy out there was Wilson Contreras. They didn't do it. Because that Contreras would have solved the catching problem and the DH problem when he wasn't catching. And bringing in the catcher at the trade deadline in, in July or sooner, mid-July or sooner, or I think it was August 1st this year, whatever it was, in the summertime, is way different than bringing in a catcher or bringing up a catcher on the 18th of September or later. You can't do that. You know, there's an acclimation period, definitely, for sure. So 
Um, you know, that, that might cost the Mets in the long term. You got to have a, a production out of your DH position, and it is one of the positions in the Mets lineup. It's, it's the, the least productive position out of the Mets lineup. And I know I mentioned it before. I got a tweet that says, I, I can't, there's a lot of them coming in, but something that started off with, with all due respect, you can't move Nimmo. Well, why not? Why, why can't you move Brandon Nimmo down? Why not? He's batting over the not even including tonight's game. Before tonight's game even started, or I guess the, the game from a few hours ago, 191 over his past. Since the last time I talked to you, not even including tonight's game, Brandon Nimmo's batting 191. You want that at the top of your order coming around four times a game? He struck out 9% of his strikeouts on the season happened in this past week. He's not seen the ball well. It's not a demotion, and it's not permanent. You move him down for a little bit. You know who you know who would move up in that spot? Jeff McNeil. McNeil has earned the spot. I don't know why he's been buried at the bottom of that lineup. Or near the bottom. Not at the, but near the. I mean, he Jeff McNeil, man, I saw a quote from him earlier today, and he was just like, Yeah, I just, you know, I, I play the game, hit the ball, put it in play. Something like that. It was like so matter of fact. It made it so easy. It was so simple. So simple. And you get, you know, John Carlos Stanton striking out how many times? You got, you know, it's like, it looks like brain surgery for the Yankees to, to get a hit with runners in scoring position. I mean, against the Bra- uh, the Brewers, the Yankees, over the past two games, two for 19 runners in scoring position. Tell me how that wins games. Tell me. It doesn't. And, and, and the, the big poll that I put up before was how I want. No part. And 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 what was something like 90, where was it? Let me get their direct number here. I put up a poll, and I said, provided that Frankie Montas is eligible to pitch in the postseason, pending results from his MRI, are you including him in your postseason pitching rotation? And I appealed to Yankees fans, of course. But fans of any team could, could you know, respond, theoretically. And in the 13 minutes I had the poll up, because I like immediate gratification, instant gratification. In those 13 minutes I put it up, I had three choices. A, Frankie Montas uh, pitching in the postseason rotation, provided everything's good from the MRI, he'll be back. A, hell no. B, why not? Or C, absolutely. I'd love to hear from you 9.5% of voters that, that clicked absolutely on that. That must have been a joke. Because I'm with the 73% of you who say, hell no. Frankie Montas, I, I hate to say this, but I told you so. All the way back in June, when I started doing the research of guys that might be available at the deadline, guys that the Mets, Mets and Yankees should go out and get or not, you know, the whole thing. My extensive research that I did. And it was a no-go then. The only thing I liked about Frankie Montas even then was that it's fun to say his name. Frankie Montas. That's a fun name to say, but yikes, man. I mean, I, you know, I, I hope for the best possible news on, on his MRI. I hope. And Aaron Boone told Meredith after the game that he did not have an update on it yet. I hope it's all well and good. But I don't want him touching the ball in a postseason start. I just don't. And you mark my words. On, on the 18th of September at 1.57 in the morning, Frankie Montas will get a postseason start. I bet you he's going to be the number three starter just so Brian Cashman does not have to admit that he made a mistake in trading away Jordan Montgomery. And Jordan Montgomery reminds the Yankees 
every single time he's out there that they made a mistake, that Brian Cashman made a mistake. Just, I mean, think about it. Montas, since he got traded, he has a, a two point what six five ERA is it? And you got uh, Jordan Montgomery, Montas with the Yankees. Here it is. Has a six point two five ERA. Montgomery two point oh five. Montas giving up six home runs since this is all since the trade deadline. Since on their new teams, Montas giving up six home runs. Montgomery, a third of that, only two. Batting average, batting average against Montas, almost 300. Batting average against uh, Montgomery, 214. I mean, you tell me. You tell me who you'd rather have on the mound in a game that means a lot in the postseason. Yankees made a mistake. Big one. Might cost him. Well, thanks to all the callers. Could not have done this without you. And I love coming here and talking with you. And if you missed any portion of today's show, you hit that free Odyssey Rewind feature and select the start, which was 11 p.m. Uh, great job to both Brian McKeon behind the glass tonight and Paul Rosenberg. Um, and also to uh, had Greg Caserta an update earlier, I think. <laughs> I think. Got Emmanuel here now. Uh, and I'll see you guys, everybody, next Saturday. Same time, same place. After the Rutgers game, though. Social media channels at Coach MCC, A-R-T-A-N, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Mike Fliegeman up next here on The Fan.